Welcome to Freedom Slave Podcast, where fempreneurs, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs come to fast track their success. If you're a millennial girl boss, listen, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the goods, because every week you're going to get the tools that you need to slay your business goals to create a life of time and financial freedom. I'm Ganette Jones, your host and Freedom Slayer in charge here. Let's begin. Welcome or welcome back to the Freedom Slay podcast. Today's episode is really interesting because we're speaking to someone who owns a business that does some amazing things with luxury vehicles. Now, I don't want to get too in-depth because he's going to get into it. And that's Ike Oradora. And he's going to talk about his business and how it got started and all of that. And really listen for the nuggets within it because he's going to teach you all about like star customer service, how to do that, how to really stand out from the competition, how he's been able to do that, how he's hired and the things he looks for when he does hire. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. And that's all I'm going to say at the beginning. I want you to just take a listen and dive in. Hey, hey, Ike, how are you doing? I'm super excited to have you on the Freedom Slay podcast. I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. So excited to talk about your journey and your business. So I shared a bit about who you are and the things you do in the intro of the episode, but can you share how you got to where you are today? Well, that's always a tricky one. I don't know where to start. If it's to start from when I was a baby or if it's start from uh, you, my journey. <laughs> no rules to this. So you can start wherever you want, wherever you feel like it's the most impactful. If something happened to you as a kid and you're like, I want to be an entrepreneur, then include, make sure you include it all. We, we oh, have yeah. the time. <laughs> no, I, I never had one of those moments. I would say my moments probably started at the opportunity of turning a passion of hosting parties at university into something that made money for me. So off the back of that, I started having a very entrepreneurial spirit and anything that was, I just had passion in. I found a way to convert into some kind of uh, living. After university, I started a business and management with a bit of marketing. I actually attempted to get your typical nine to five jobs. I was excited. I applied to banking jobs. I applied to your regular nine to five jobs. And I just never seen great at interviews. And I went back to what I know best, which was hosting events. I, I had an events company back then. I was hosting weekly events, club nights for the life. I mean, I think uh, I was probably hosting events the very first time the likes of uh, Trey Songs or Drake were coming over to the UK and they attended some of my very early parties. And that's yeah. where you were. Okay. The <laughs> typical journey is go to university, get a great job, apply to be a banker applied to do uh, some kind of form of marketing job or just a management job, right? A course that would typically be the chartered course after studying a, a business and management degree. I wasn't necessarily planning to deviate from that course. The opportunity of a job offer just didn't, did not present itself after several interviews. So I just decided, you know what, go back to what I know best which was hosting events that made me a lot of money. And then I turned that into a company which hosted several celebrity parties. Over time, as entrepreneurs would have it, I guess I matured or morphed into 
different interests. I explored more of my passion in cars and it led me to just kind of stumbling on the idea of being able to provide a better service because I rented cars a lot when I was in hospitality. I enjoyed the lifestyle and the luxury lifestyle of cars. So I kind of wanted to be able to provide a better service than I was getting. I also saw that gap in the market where people did not want to be controlled by choice. So they didn't want to be controlled and they wanted to have the choice of being able to just request a vehicle on demand when they wanted to, not necessarily even own the vehicles themselves as well. I noticed people who actually own supercars were not even getting as much drive out of their supercars. And at every opportunity, they would want to try another supercar out. I don't think this came from boredom. I just think it came from the fact that everyone likes different experiences and they like the option of choice. And that's how I ended up conceiving the idea of Star Luxury Cars. Mm, I love that. I like the trajectory, how it went from, you know, hosting and throwing parties at university to doing the celebrity parties and then moving that to this piece of the business. And I went to your website. I've been looking around. I was here with my husband just this morning as well. And we were just looking at all the cars. And I mean, you have everything, okay? So I know you have over 120 cars in your suites, but you have Maybachs, Lambos, Ferraris, like all the things. And of course, I'm looking at the Tesla, which is probably the least exciting to everybody else. But I'm like, I love them. I find them very exciting. Yeah, they're pretty exciting. They're very playful cars. They're, they're also very fast. So... <laughs> If you're actually looking for performance and you're looking for a car that will keep you entertained on the road, I would always recommend a Tesla. But go Mm -hmm. ahead. No, no. It was so interesting. And we were just looking at all of them. And of course, you hear all these rappers, right, talking about the Maybachs and like all these different cars. So we're just looking at them. But for you on that side of things, so for those listening, just so you understand, what happens is Ike goes ahead and rents cars by the day, by the week, or whatever, luxury vehicles. And also experiences, because I did see you do that, which we could talk about in a bit. But it's really cool the way you do it. And it is the largest in the UK, no? Yeah. I mean, arguably, I would say we probably have the largest fleet Mm -hmm. in Europe. Maybe I would be arrogant enough to say the world. And just Mm -hmm. for clarity, we're an asset-like platform in the sense that Mm -hmm. we don't need to own the vehicles. We, We partner with operators who have a considerable amount of fleet. So that way the business has been designed for scalability so we can focus on marketing and offering an impeccable service of the same standard across the globe in every tier one city. So, I mean, I would say we started off probably having five to 10 million pounds worth of vehicles. And as of the start of the year, we're probably up to a hundred million. And now that we've opened up a little bit in the USA, I would say we're probably at 150 million worth of vehicles. And that allows us to be able to offer a plethora of choices as opposed to your typical car rental company where you turn up and they've got 20, 30 cars on their parking lots and they're trying to sell you into what they have. We don't try and sell what we have. We want the consumer to choose what they wish for and we provide that. Mm, Okay. This makes so much more sense because when I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, my business brain started going, I'm like, this must've been a dime to start because I'm thinking you are owning the cars. So it's really smart the way the model you've created 
I guess my question now then is how do you ensure that they take care of them? So the owners of the cars that they have, you know, the proper insurance, I'm sure you have the insurance piece on your side as well, but how do you know that they aren't ruining them in between the times that people aren't using them? What are the logistics behind that? Wow. (laughs) It's a ton, but Uh one thing we've done carefully on we've been precise about is only working with operators. And I mean, when I say operators, I mean other companies who have very good knowledge in managing supercars, luxury cars. Mm -hmm. So if you were, say, for example, dealing with an individual, you might not know if your Lamborghini has been ragged and dragged and just messed about with the last hire. Whereas the operators we deal with know how to inspect vehicles and make sure that the, the next person who hires the vehicle is receiving a fit for purpose or fit for use for use car. And just in general, like the cars go through a lot of maintenance when it's being operated by a company who owns a fleet because they've got to make sure that that asset is in very good condition every time it's, it's being rented. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. I'm just so curious listening to how this all works and runs. And you said, you know, you mentioned 100 million in assets, you know, in Europe. And then you said with the USA starting to pick up, that's an additional like 50 million assets under management. So with that, like, do you have a base in the U.S. that you're working from? Like, is it in L.A. or whatever? Is it a physical location where people can come and collect the cars? Do the cars get delivered to them? Like, what does that process look like when someone goes on the website to purchase? We'll be back after a quick break. Money is all around us, and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it, and what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host, Matt Heslin, brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. So I will tell you, we're currently in that phase of that old adage that says, jump off a mountain and make the uh, parachute on the way down. That's what we're currently doing. Mm -hmm. We We have our partner operators who are working with us and we're quickly onboarding the right operators. So if you were to order a Lamborghini or Rolls Royce, say for example, in Miami or LA at the moment, we can deliver that service. We're also setting up shop at the moment in Miami and LA. Our intention is to have the first five cities, which is Miami, LA, Austin, Houston, and Atlanta. And Atlanta. So I would say we don't have physical shop set up. We have our agents who are working for us and just making sure we onboarded the right partners to work with us. Because first and foremost, it's always been about the service delivery. Coupled with that is about marketing to make sure that our information is out there and our clients who are who travel around the world consistently sometimes are in the States three to four times a year. They now know that they can enjoy the same manner of service they receive from us. Some of them have actually demanded from us to provide the service even before we launched in the States. So 
you know, when we send out the news on our newsletter that we have actually um, launched in the States, we actually had quite a lot of feedback just saying, wow, fantastic. It makes it a whole lot more easier when we arrive in the States to book through you guys. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And you mentioned um, it's a surprise. And out of the five, you had two in Texas. Is there like a lot of demand in Texas for luxury vehicles? Because you said Austin and Houston, right? Uh, yeah, Austin, Houston, and Atlanta. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the interesting thing about it is I just embarked on my first trip to the U.S., which is May 2022, just last last month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spent some time in Texas. I was doing a little bit of research, although it was a little bit, it was more of a holiday to go to attend the Formula One, but I was also doing some research. And I found that it was a city that people enjoyed the lifestyle of cars. And we've just chosen those three cities. And then just my knowledge of Miami and LA and the sort of demographic of people there and just where we know that our clients regularly visit, mm-hmm. visits. We decided that let's start off with those cities and try and capture the market in those cities, make our presence known, and then we can expand to other cities that are also prominent in the U.S. That makes sense. And I know you offer other services as well, like luxury services outside of just the car rental. Can you talk a bit about that as well? I mean, for us, that's a no-brainer in the U.K. anyways. I mean, it's something we want to be able to replicate. So our clients, they don't typically rent cars to stay at home or to just look pretty in their driveway. Most of our clients are probably from the, you know, tourism or 50% of them are tourism. They're either on a holiday or they might be on business in, in the UK. They would either want to rent something to enjoy while they're on holiday or they're just maintaining the same standard of living. We decided to pair some of the vehicles of experiences like a helicopter experience overlooking London City rather than just drive around. You also get to look at the city from the top. And it's something we want to do in different cities in Miami or any other tier one city that we offer our services that you don't have to arrive in the city and start wandering or looking around for curated experiences. We just look at it as a value add for our clients. When you rent a vehicle from Mars, we can also pair your vehicle rental experience with an itinerary that suits your stay in that city. Mm, okay, that makes a whole lot of sense because I'm thinking, you're right, people aren't, I mean, unless they're in Miami, sometimes they like to like, just drive on, <laughs> drive along the beach just because and walk around with their shirts on. But aside from that, like I see what your point is, you know, they're coming there for a whole experience. So you might as well be the one providing that service. So I really do love Love that you thought that all the way through. So what did that planning look like? I'm curious now. I and mean, you're like, okay, these jobs I'm applying for aren't coming through. Like, and you've got the party going on, the party pieces. Like, how did you come up with this idea to create this luxury car rental service that seems pretty seamless? I don't even think it's an idea I came up with. I think it's an idea that's constantly evolving. At the start, I just wanted to offer great service and stand out from the other car rental companies in the market. Even at the start, I don't quite think that I had the idea of staying as an asset-like platform. As it evolved, I saw that I was able to deliver better service than most clients. I also saw that than most other car hire companies. I also saw that the power was shifting in my hand that I had a black book of where I can find 
50 Lamborghinis, 50 Rolls Royces, 100 Range Rovers. That then made me be able to say to a client, what color do you want? What, how many seats do you want? What do you want the car and the interior and the outside to look like? As opposed to saying, hey, this is what we have, pay now, or we can't help you. Where that go to yes company, that if you are looking for a specific model, you're looking for, I don't know, some, we've had some crazy requests and we've still been able to think outside the box and fulfill it just because we have a very strong black book. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you have, well, obviously the mind of an entrepreneur, but beyond that, you're customer focused. You know, you're trying to create those curated experiences and getting them exactly what they need by thinking of what it is that they may want. So I love that you've been able to create that. And what year did you start the business in the UK? 2016. So we're, we're oh. six years in. And I think the time is now in terms of expanding to different territories. I think we're recording the entire of the UK. We have been able to function our service in Europe, but we now want to make our stamp known in the different cities that would decide to sort of set up shop. Mm-hmm. And are you doing it by yourself? Do you have like partners or is it just you as the main head well, employee? I own the business 100%. I have a mm-hmm. great team that work with me in the office. We are probably 50 man short. We're trying to recruit very quickly and play catch up on how rapidly our business is growing. We, I think even down to our website visits are probably at times for the volume we had on our website before the pandemic. So we're playing catch up on being able to offer the service. Cause I think even through the pandemic, I don't know, for some reason, our reputation was still growing and the visits on our website were still growing. So we're playing catch up. We're trying to grow. It's not a bad problem to have, but it's a, it's a problem at the moment for us that we have inquiries that we're almost unable to fulfill just because of our internal our internal struggle to find the right people to join us. That sounds, as my friend calls it, that's a complicated blessing. It's one of those things where, you know, it's great because the means the demand's there, but of course on the back end of things, you're probably like, you know, a duck trying to pedal above water. So I get it. And it's interesting you mentioned that about the pandemic because I was going to ask you like, how did the pandemic and even the current economic climate impact rentals? But I guess luxury, things that are luxury, may not be impacted as much as others. But yeah, can you talk about that a bit more when the pandemic hit? Were you panicked? Were you worried? And then, you know, your worries were eased when you saw the traffic continue to come? Like, what did that look like? That's very interesting, the, 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 the pandemic. The pandemic for me, it was a blessing in disguise. I actually hired a business operations director one month into the pandemic. I was trying to poach him and... I think his boss kind of let him go at the same time I was hiring him because, as you know, most companies got scared and got worried about what the future would hold and they were already letting go of staff, whereas I was happy to take any great talent that I can find. And for me, we had just finished one of our biggest contracts and I can mention them typically, you know, in luxury, you don't, you don't mention names, but we had just finished a 30-day tour of London with 10 McLarens, 10 drivers, and all the McLarens wrapped in in gold for the vaping company Vipe, which is owned by uh, the British America Tobacco Company, and they're the number one sponsor for the McLaren Formula One car. So this was quite a public thing where 
that was going on for 30 days. And right at the end of it is when the lockdown started in the UK. So for me, after dealing with such a big contract, um, it was a it was a blessing in disguise. It was a holiday for me. At least the first lockdown was a holiday. It was kind of time to kind of take stock because mm-hmm. prior to that, everything we did or the, the journey for the company was already go, go, go. I launched a company. We I did a lot of marketing. The results that are coming in, the website, there was a lot of back end and web developing we had to do. There wasn't a breather up to that point. And that was probably say, say my first breather. Now that the world has reopened, I just feel like people want to live their life. I'm excited as people, we, we haven't even gotten into the holiday period where kids are off schools and families are traveling the world. Mm. Numbers that we're experiencing as times four before the pandemic. So I'm excited for what the future holds. We're raring to go. We're <laughs> we're trying to hire as quickly as possible. We're trying to grow our inventory as well. We have had to, this week alone, I've had to, I mean, there's, there's, there's incidents this week that has made it extraordinarily busy, but I've also had to tell my, uh, my guys in the office to just advise clients that we are fully booked for the next 10 days for our chauffeur services. And we have very limited availability on supercars. So for me, it's where it's a good position, but we need to grow as quickly as the demand is growing for our service. Mm-hmm. That's a good problem to have, though. So uh, I'm listening to this and I love that you're sharing some of the background that people don't often think about, right? When they're thinking about building a business and they see the luxury cars and all of that, you're like, look, the back end of the website still needs to be fixed. You know, we need to update things. We need to keep it up to date. And those are things people aren't necessarily paying attention to or thinking about when it comes to looking at a business from the outside, or even as you say, when your business is growing four times. I love that you say that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And you need to hire people because I know people are probably listening and they're thinking about that as well. Like, when do I hire? <laughs> it was funny that you mentioned that because uh, I was on a Zoom call with my uh, my guy who's working in L.A. and setting up shop for us at the moment. And this was obviously like 2, 3 a.m. UK time. I start my days at like 6 a.m. in the UK and I'm on a Zoom call at like 3 a.m. So I haven't had sleep for what all like I'm up for about 20 hours at this point and all he kept saying is sorry 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 I can see that you're so sleepy like you look very tired and these are just your typical day-to-day that although the business looks glossy or when I'm in a Lamborghini driving down the road it looks glossy but when I'm on that zoom call at 3 a.m trying to set up shop in LA there's nothing pretty about it I am as (laughs) I feel wrecked I feel Mm -hmm. tired but I have a mission to grow this company and for it to yield the biggest possible presence it can. I want it to be a household luxury travel name in the next four to five years. Mm -hmm. And I see that happening for you for sure. And how many staff do you have all together? Because I know you said you have a few and you need more. Like right now, how many do you have? We want a very lean team right now with just about nine so it's a real startup tech company. We've not raised capital. We, mm-hmm. we are ready to raise capital. We have a pitch deck ready to go, but we are so inundated with our client requests. And that always comes first. 
Mm-hmm. You know, people, because, mm-hmm. people don't realize that funding people, takes time. Yeah. I mean, even for me, when I sit down and speak about my company with people who are capable investors, I always say to them, I said, I'm not in a hurry to jump at investment because the company's on a journey. Our numbers have consistently doubling year on year. And we've had a year where it was triple the previous year's figure. So I'm not in a hurry to raise investment, but investment would help alleviate our hiring problems at the moment. We could probably go out there and hire 50 people at once with investment mm-hmm. and then play mm-hmm. catch up on the play catch up on the company because for us there is no sign of like declining growth one of the uh i think it's business insiders article or one of the other companies who did a research recently and the industry is valued in the billions in the years to come and the compound growth is something like 20 percent it's never it's not a declining industry Mm-hmm. And that's huge for compound interest because I'm in like the menstrual health world and I know menstrual cups by themselves, the CAPG is around, I think it's 5% up until 2028. And that's even impressive. So it's interesting that, you know, 20% is ginormous for that. So no, I totally get it. And that's something that people don't see on the back end either because, you know, bootstrapping is a thing. And after that funding, you would think that, oh, okay, I create a pitch deck, I send it to them. No, you're constantly going to have to be pitching them and stuff like that, which will take away from what you're doing now. So I get why you're at this point where you're like, listen, the people keep coming. So we have it ready. It's just not something we're like pushing and rushing to at this very second. But I do see how it could certainly help. So for those who may be listening and maybe they're looking to hire their first person, what are some of the characteristics that you're looking for when you're hiring for Star Luxury? I like to know that you're passionate about whatever you're working on. I don't want people to think about a job as a means to an end or a means to a paycheck when you work, when you come to work for Star Luxury. Something that really impresses me or that really makes me smile is when I say thank you to my team and a couple of them would actually say something, thank you for what? And I'd say, wow, this is fun. <laughs> because they're having, genuinely having fun. No day is the same. One day, uh, clients are making obscene requests. And another day, we're having to change the very minimal request. And sometimes they're making mistakes. But we just find the job fulfilling at the end of the day that we're actually putting, like, it's always an experience. Whether it be a simple airport transfer in a Range Rover or delivering a Lamborghini to surprise someone on their 40th birthday, it's always an experience. I'm putting smiles on people's faces. I think that's something that brings joy, no matter how, whatever parallel like industry you work in, if you bring smiles to people's faces, that just gives you fulfillment at the end of the day. Mm-hmm, for sure. And that's a good way to look at it. So you aren't like looking at the resume and saying, well, you don't have five years experience doing X, Y, Z. You're like, I care about the personality initially. I want to know that you are passionate about this, that like you say, you're not just looking for a paycheck. And those are some important things for those of you who are listening to note when you're looking or thinking about your first hires and what that's going to look like, because they're going to be your right-hand girl or guy or whatever and ensuring that they are just as, well, they probably wouldn't be as passionate as you, but as passionate as they can be 
to ensure that, you know, they're helping support the business that you're looking to grow and not just, you know, there for the paycheck and adding to your stress. You definitely don't want that. So I'm glad you mentioned. I'm not shy shy to, and I'm not even shy to let any of my team members know and say, hey, listen, guys, listen, like you're not delivering what I expect from you. I want you to do good in, in, in this role. I want you to to perform at your best. Like, do you need a break? Do you need time off? Do you need time to recalibrate? Because sometimes what we do is very precious. Like, it's very pressurized in the sense that client, are, they're always requesting. Some days we get to the office and the amount of requests from the overnight is probably the same volume of requests through the previous day. So now where do you start to clear up before the Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's good that you have that transparent like environment where you're asking them just straight up, like, hey, you need a break. Like, talk to me. Let's get through through this. So that's a piece of it as well. And that's what would make you a great leader for your team because you are doing those things. So when it comes to like the U.S. expansion, I know you say you started, you're looking to get into those couple cities. Like, what is the timeline looking like for that? Like, at what point do you think you're going to be like fully functional in the U.S., like how you are currently in, you know, Europe? So for me, the time is now. There's no moment like now. I Mm -hmm. decided that we're going to be in the U.S. We can function the service immediately if you were to put us to the test and order a service in Miami or LA, we can function that service without a glitch. Now, we obviously want to do that with volume, but we're happy to take baby steps. And that's the good thing about when you go into new territory and you're bootstrapping anyways, and we're not spending 50 million on marketing and saying, hey, we've arrived, book us right now. Then you start Mm -hmm. to make mistakes in the review of your service. But we get five bookings today. We can function that. The following week, we get 20 bookings. We're getting an experience of just being able to deliver a smooth service. And then six months from now, we're dealing on 1,000 bookings in a week for us, just like waking up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. And who would you say then is your ideal customer? Because luxury vehicles, like obviously, they can be for, like you said, someone's 40th birthday or for something else. So who do you see though, when you're thinking of like your ideal customer, the person who is a good fit for star luxury, like who is that? So that really varies across the board, right? My, it always brings joy to me when it's a first time experience for a client Mm -hmm. and that could come across as they're celebrating a birthday. Maybe it was a surprise gift. Maybe it was a work incentive to hit a bonus and whoever got a bonus or whatever, whoever did the most sales was gifted a car for the weekend. It's always a joy because it's just what they don't dream of. And then again, sometimes we just have clients that they, they've been searching for, if they own 10 cars in the States or they own 10 cars in the UAE, all luxury cars, they want to be able to feel just like their hotel room feels like a home away from home, they want to feel every part of that is an extension of their lifestyle in their home cities. We add to that. So they become our ideal clients because it gives us something to work towards or pride in our work as well. Our corporate clients, they vary because we, they work, we work on their projects with them. 
So, for example, a company like KitKat or a company like Nike would ask us for a specific vehicle, which might not even be on our website. But again, that strong black book, when they've shared the ideas with us, allows us to be able to offer something from our black book and say, hey, listen, we think this would fit the bill. Is this something you're interested in? And nine out of 10 times, we're able to fulfill what our clients want. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And, you know, you shared the things you love about your business. And what would you say is the most difficult part than doing that? Because you are fulfilling a service for so many different types of people, like you mentioned just now, their first time, all these things. And it's so many, you know, people daily coming in and requesting the service. What would you say is the most difficult thing you deal with? That's an easy answer. <laughs> the admin. <laughs> uh-huh. As you were saying that, the first thing I'm thinking, I'm like the insurance, like setting up the insurance, ensuring that you have the check-ins and check-outs and people are returning. No, I'm very hands-on. So I am very involved on the day-to-day of my company. There's not a lot that goes past me that I don't notice or or there's no aspect of the business that I don't understand. And just the admin of making sure everything goes smoothly it just, and because we're a platform at the moment, we're not an app yet. So a lot of it is automated on the client front, but on the back end, we have to do a lot to facilitate that booking, proceeding to our partner operators and making sure the clients get the delivery of their service. But they're none the wiser. They just book online, pay online, and everything is hunky-dory. And how far in advance do they have to book in line for something? Because so much is happening on the back end. So I remember seeing your thing that said, you know, if you're in London, it's potential that you could get the car, you know, really quickly. But what does it typically look like if someone orders? How fast or how far out should they order? Again, like just knowing and understanding the market or the industry we operate in, most people that our clients would want the service in London or in the capital or the tier one city of that country there or that region. So if we had, for example, the UK, London is where 80% of our clients are. So my record, I think has been a 40, 45 minute delivery from the moment they made the request. But typically, Clients rent vehicles for a purpose. So they have a plan. They want to go cross country with the vehicle. They have family coming and they want to show them around. They live in a nice apartment and the work is not too far from home and they they don't typically need a vehicle even on the weekends. Or they want one for the weekend and they hire the vehicle. But beyond that, people don't just wake up and say, I want a vehicle. It's probably... Mm -hmm. 5%, 10% of the time that happens. And one of those times, it also brings joy to us that we can deliver very quickly when that happens. But most of the time, it's not a race against time to deliver because they've made their plan way in advance. And actually, sometimes when that happens, sometimes when we get a last minute request is when a client has been disappointed. It's the industry is notorious for that. Again, that's where we have gained a strong reputation where, for example, we've known companies to 
book a vehicle for three days with a client and say a bigger client comes and books a vehicle for two weeks, they do something very unethical and take the bigger client. Whereas you have our assurance that when you reserve a vehicle with us, that's what that vehicle is going to be available. And mm. if for any reason that vehicle is not available, we have our fantastic fleet of over 150 million pounds worth of cars. I'm sure we can get a twin vehicle amongst us, amongst amongst the fleet. Mm-hmm. No, and that makes a lot of sense. And for those of you listening, it's paying attention to that piece because it's coming forward with the service. And even if the competitor, to, you're thinking of your client or your customer, whoever is coming to you, but understanding that you also have the opportunity if your customer service is up to par, or in this case, beyond that, right? Going over and beyond for your customers, you have the opportunity to pull market share from others as well. So it's really great that you mentioned that. And Ike, for those who are listening, who want to check you out, want to learn more about Star, Star Luxury, who maybe even want to invest or potentially see your pitch deck for those that may be investors, where should they contact you? Where can they look? Where can they learn more? We announce a lot of our news via our newsletter, but for you to receive our newsletter, you probably would have been a previous client of ours. But the easiest place also is just through the social mediums, Starlux Cars, Star with a double R, L-U-X-C-A-R-S. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn. Me personally, it's easy to find me on LinkedIn. Again, if you were to search for the company and look for Ike on the company, you'll find me or spell my name out, my full name being I-K-E-N-N-A, pronounced Ikenna, surname O-R-D-O-R. Um, reach out to me if you want to hear more or for me to bore you with a lot of ideas I have for my growing company. Mm-hmm. The website, for those of you listening, is starluxurycars.com. So that's star with two R's, luxurycars.com as well. So there's one question I love to ask at the end of every single Freedom Slay podcast, and that is, what does freedom mean to you? This is an interesting question for me because I actually shared something on my Instagram about two weeks ago, and it was just on my stories. And the caption I put in it is, I look forward to being able to travel to somewhere this beautiful without my laptop. And that was Positano in Italy. So that's what freedom currently looks like for me, being able to travel without my laptop. and know that my business has reached the comfort levels where I can say, hey, guys, I leave the fort to you. I'm going off grid for a week. Mm -hmm. Refresh, recharge and come back with a mind full of fresh ideas. Mm -hmm. No, I totally get that. Thank you so much for hopping on, Ike. You are appreciated. And I'm sure those listening are going to get tons of value about how to run their growing business as well. I appreciate. Thank you for having me. Wasn't that a great episode? I think Ike is on his way. Well, he's already doing amazing things, but he is on his way to just be that household name that he wants to be for his, while his company had the household name, Star Luxury Vehicles, cars, as well as he also has jets. So that is something we didn't get into on the podcast itself. 
a few things we didn't get into in the podcast itself. We actually started talking about it once the recording ended, but he also has a sister company, Star Luxury Jets, that obviously rents super jets out. And in addition to that, he has some amazing partnerships with corporate companies, airports, and even hotels. And he's actually the first company, the first like luxury vehicle company in the world to have a partnership with a five-star hotel. So Cotel Cafe Royale. And what he has with them is anyone who stays in their signature suite, they actually get a supercar on standby to head out to the countryside. So there's so much going on that he has going on. And of course, we can't squeeze it into a, a single episode, but it's just amazing to see people create so many unique businesses and business models to show that there isn't one right way to do this, you know? So hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure you take a screenshot and tag us both over on Instagram. I'm going to share everything we talked about below in the show notes, including the link to his website and social media handles and all the things. And we will chat next time. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay. I see you, Freedom Slayer. You stayed through to the end, which tells me that you likely enjoyed this episode. Listen, if you haven't already, do your sister a favor by heading on over to the iTunes store to leave a review for the podcast. It'll help others like you find a benefit from it. And look, it also helps with the rankings. Hashtag transparent AF. I appreciate you.